you as an expert while you're growing you started at zero at zero you were able to see a few people who are at a five and you saw them to be experts now when you go to a five you see people at a 10 and you see them to be experts now when you're at a 10 you see people at 15 15 20 and that keeps going on so what happens is at every point wherever you are because you see people who are above you you somewhere feel inferior and you somewhere feel like i don't bring in enough value in comparison to a person at 15 let's say you're at a 10 you're seeing a person at 15 you feel like i don't bring in enough value in comparison to a person at a 15 here's what you forget if your client is at a 5 you are a better option for your client as opposed to a 15 because you are able to relate to this person at a 5 because you just crossed that as opposed to a 15 or a 20 or a 25 because there are people at 100 also Hey everyone welcome 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 to the entrepreneurs warrior show this is where we interview entrepreneurs coaches consultant who are expert in their niche and guess what today we have one of the really awesome guest with us he is co-founder of sell it like swastik he is a startup coach and a uh, high ticket closing expert he help business owners to grow their business with their using their influence and he help 12000 plus businesses to grow their business so without further ado let's have swastik nand kumar on the stage hi swastik hey hi hi nilay <coughs> so nice to be here so thank you so much for having me on the show i am super excited and grateful to have you on the show today itself yes pleasure is mine pleasure is mine thank yes. you i hope your uh, my voice is loud and clear to you yes your voice is clear to me yes. perfect 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 yeah. so avik uh, swastik before we actually deep dive about the concept and the, all of this thing i want to hear your story like how did you start it i i found you uh, in the same community like uh, i am part of siddharth rashikar mm-hmm. i uh, mm-hmm. and i found there your hall of fame and all so i want to right, right, know right. yes how did you got started in the journey so the journey started uh, quite some time back so the journey started in 2000 uh, well before 2015 somewhere in 2015 mm-hmm. uh, the journey started into me trying different things starting with me uh, you know working as an interior designer interior decorator and uh, redoing houses redoing homes furnishing homes so that that's the space where i started and from there i did quite a few things uh, you know jumping from the one to the next to the next to the next to the next where somewhere when this did not work out went to the next one when that didn't work out went to the next one so from i think from interior designing uh, we went to uh, home solutions from home solutions we went to uh, drop shipping drop shipping we went to uh, you know try tried so many different games and then i took up a job uh, and then covid covid also happened and before covid uh, in fact i quit my job before covid in 2018 is no, 2019 jan i think is where i quit my job and that's where uh, when i did quit my job the question again came down to what am i going to do now and the thing is the job that i was working in i was a growth consultant there so i was working as a growth consultant and when i quit my job for me the natural thought was okay the best thing for me to do would be to do something that i've already done in the past and the first thought that came in was okay maybe i should go back to interior designing then all the trauma of interior designing came back so i said okay no interior designing so what do we do next then we thought consulting but uh, i had no idea on how to get started as a consultant because when i was working when i was working in my business we had clients in, and we would take clients from there from that point onwards so we didn't really have to uh, put in the efforts of getting clients in at least as my role in that uh, business it was not so much into the efforts of marketing so 
my question came down to how do I get people, and then I was I was a musician as well. So you know, I've been traveling as a musician too. I play the drums, I play the tabla, I play the keys, uh, and I was traveling around with that too. And there, some experience that I had with connecting with people on uh, you know on, into getting shows and stuff. So I tried to channelize all of these things and said, okay, I want to get started into my consulting. How do I do it? Uh, then things started opening up. You know, first thing opened up, the next thing opened up, and then that's how I got into this field of consulting. Then got into coaching, and yeah, that's how the journey has been. Wow, right, amazing! And like you explore so many different different things, and that's where you figure out that I think I I'm good at it, and that's where let's go and make it possible. And great to know that no, you are that's also correct. That's correct. yeah, uh, like you also interest in music. <laughs> You're oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> so. you are helping business owners to grow their business using their influence as well so right what is your definition uh, of influence and can you explain like how you help them um, like business owners to grow their business with influence is it related to same as influencer marketing as on instagram or kind of influencer things or how it works uh no so when i talk about influence uh, mm-hmm. it's slightly different in the context even the definition that you're going to be asking me i, I don't know if it will match but when i say uh, help business owners with influence here's my take on it when there's a business owner for example let's say if there is a plumber let's let's take for a minute a plumber yeah. uh, or a carpenter for that matter you look at a carpenter and you you see a person and you're like okay this is a carpenter right why by the clothes that they wear the clothes that they wear you look at a fireman and you know that this is a fireman right yeah. you look at you look at an it professional at least in bangalore you go around the roads and you'll be like okay this guy is in it this guy is in it this guy is in it this guy is not in it so you are somewhere able to match the character to their profession and that's that's how identities get created right so but what happens as a business owner so i specifically work with you know service providers coaches consultants these are the people that i work with now let's take the example of a coach now i call myself a peak performance coach and if my title peak performance coach does not match the way i present myself does not match the way i speak it doesn't match the way i deliver it doesn't match the way i show up in this world then the name versus the tag the name versus my performance there is a mismatch so that creates if you ask me there is an imbalance there and because of that a lot of people don't get sales so when i say influence first for me the first objective of influence is to match your name to your personality wow that that's the first aspect because if that doesn't happen it's like you are claiming to be a bmw but you look like a maruti mm. nothing nothing against the bmw or maruti if you say you're a maruti and if you look like a maruti that's fantastic i'm not even here i'm not even trying to compare the that bmw is a better car and maruti is not a good car that's not what i'm saying i'm saying both are two different cars if you say you're a mercedes and if you have a bmw logo i think now that becomes an equal comparison if you say you're a mercedes and you have a bmw logo there's a mismatch and people are like okay what is this right so that the first objective is to match stuff and the second is the second aspect of influence comes down to if you have something to sell if you have something uh if you have something that you genuinely believe can change somebody's life and can help somebody out you have to bring in your 100% to create a sense of confidence in your customer's mind that he or she is the right person to help me for example if nilesh has something to offer you as nilesh has to go and create go with a state of conviction in yourself in your product in your identity so that your customer 
can get a sense of confidence that nilesh is the right person to help me what is selling essentially selling is a transfer of confidence it, the yeah. confidence has to go from nilesh to his customer that i can sell and i can make this happen so when i talk about influence it's more in those lines as opposed to influencer marketing or being seen as an influencer yeah. love it love the perspective and uh, when you specifically point out the second pointer like uh, it's all about conviction it's all about right, right. having the guts to said that yes i am the best with this one thing and i can give you the result that's and that's exactly what i'm trying to say that's a beautiful point here where you say i am good at this and i am not good at this yes so that kind of con- so conviction comes when you are stating facts hmm i am good at this i am not good at this i am good at this is a fact i am not good at this is also a fact but what happens when most people are trying to sell is they go away from facts and they try to put out things which is not essentially 100% true and that's where they lose conviction that's where the clients don't see that confidence and that's where they don't buy mm. but sometime something will happen that suppose uh, x person is super expert in his or her niche right his, in his or her topic but still he don't have the capacity or capability to convince that this is what i am good at so is there any specific reason have you come across like why they are not confident with when it comes to even they are doing some things for suppose 5 years and still when uh, they are coming in front of prospect or client they are not able to deliver the best they are not conveying uh, able to convince their value so was there any specific point out have you figured out while the journey there could be a few reasons one of the reasons that's coming to the top of my mind when you ask me this question is let's say you as an expert while you're growing you started at 0 at 0 you were able to see a few people who are at a 5 and you saw them to be experts you are at a 0 you see somebody at a 5 you see them to be experts right now when you go to a 5 you see people at a 10 and you see them to be experts now when you are at a 10 you see people at 15 15 20 and that keeps going on so what happens is at every point wherever you are because you see people who are above you you somewhere feel inferior and you somewhere feel like i don't bring in enough value in comparison to a person at 15 let's say you are at a 10 you are seeing a person at 15 you feel like i don't bring in enough value in comparison to a person at a 15 here's what you forget if your client is at a 5 you are better off you are a better option for your client as opposed to a 15 because you are able to relate to this person at a 5 because you just crossed that as opposed to a 15 or a 20 or a 25 because there are people at 100 also right but a person at a 5 as much as 100 a person at 100 can offer insane amount of value a person at a 5 is not going to be able to connect to a person at 100 so anytime people don't see that they are not able to bring in value to their customers irrespective of their expertise they fail to sell because they are not clear about the value and one of the primary reasons about their underconfidence is because there is a person above them and that's a fact and this is somewhere i felt earlier that when i'm here i'll feel good like no when i'm here i'll feel good no when i'm here i'll feel good i feel okay when i get to this point i'll feel good here even at this point so many people who know so much more than me i'm at this point somewhere i've managed to understand that there are people definitely way better than me way uh, so many things to learn from and i continue to learn from them all the while knowing that there are people who are trying to walk the journey that i've walked and i'm very clearly able to communicate my value to those people clearly stating that this is what i can do this is what i cannot do and that part that perspective is something that people miss that there are people above them for sure but there are people who are much below as well who are looking for exactly what they have to offer 
makes sense totally makes sense amazing thank you for sharing this insight and uh, now you are also a high ticket coach like uh, you are a startup coach so not a startup coach so i don't know where you pick that up from okay uh so like high ticket coach uh, so it's a kind of a fancy term in today's scenario in today's world like become a high right. ticket coach become a high ticket coach. right right so uh, the point is being a high ticket coach what is the specific pointers or value system you are teaching to your clients that is actually giving them a mindset of becoming a high ticket person that's a good point and in fact i've been you know uh, i've shifted my <laughs> we used that high ticket this one for a very brief period of time and now the market yeah. is flooded with it we mm-hmm. started it in 2022 when people are not talking about it so much but now everybody is a high ticket expert so we're like okay we're going to remove that name right. <laughs> so uh, but the concept is we still talk about the concepts of high ticket and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people think that high ticket is equal to high price Hmm. and that's the first thing that i try to get them to understand high ticket is not high price high ticket is high value right and now the question comes down to value is a overused abused term everybody says give more value give more value but what the hell is value right hmm. value is anything that the client wants and ultimately whatever your client wants now i'm talking purely in coaching and consulting perspective whatever a client wants is results hmm. so if you are a high ticket if you're charging high ticket in your business you have to ensure that your products or service goes towards delivering results as opposed to delivering knowledge right right so if you go towards high ticket uh, tickets it somewhere comes it's, it go, go, goes from uh, do it yourself do it yourself would fall under the low ticket or the mid ticket category done with you and done for you would come under the high ticket services if you ask me now done for you is more agency approach but if you're a coach and if you want to be in the high ticket space you have to be very clear about the end result or the transformation that you're going to create for a customer you're going to take them from point a to point b and you're going to support them in that journey and that transformation is what people pay for people don't pay for a product anymore you're not teaching them a subject you're not teaching them facebook advertising you're not teaching them uh, how to sell but you're teaching them how to transform their business from their current state to their desired state that transformation commands a good price because you are shortcutting their journey if their journey usually takes let's say 3 years and if you are able to bring that journey in a span of 8 to 10 months or 1 year that demands that 2 years of time that you are saving them that demands a price right so that is where you go from high price to high value and now high value when people see high value that's when they are able to uh, that's when they are consciously thinking about does this price make sense or not yeah so the first mindset shift is if you want to get into the space of charging higher you need to get into the space of result creation as opposed to information delivery point 1 second thing is you have to see how you're going to support the client through this entire transformative journey and you have to very clearly state the transformation their current state and their desired state how are they going to get from their current state to the desired state what is the kind of resource they're going to get what is the kind of support they're going to get what is the kind of feedback they're going to get across this entire journey loved it loved it definitely and uh, the the level of help or support you can give to your client that's where they can generate a result and you are getting a word of mouth more in the that, that's less, true that's true yeah right yeah. that's amazing that's powerful and now just you mentioned before like uh, you are a peak performance coach so again mm-hmm. i want to understand like what is the peak performance and uh, how somebody can implement this system a peak performance coach in their life or their business 
So now first let's understand what is going to your first question. What peak performance is everybody has 24 hours a day, right? And somewhere I'm of, I'm of a very strong belief. I have this very strong belief and I think there's data backing this up as well. I can't pull it out right now. So I'm not going to say it's backed up by data, but I've read this somewhere too, that people do not work efficiently for over an hour a day, which is crazy for me. If somebody does not work for over an hour a day, and they're expecting the kind of results they want, their dreams that they have, the cars, the bungalows, the vacations, everything that they want, but people don't work for an hour a day, which is true. Now, first part of performance is understanding how much, how much time you're spending into the work that you're doing. And when we say time, it's about the amount of hours, which is completely focused on doing one particular thing. For example, now if I'm doing a podcast with you and if I'm parallelly texting somebody, if I'm parallelly rushing into the next session, now this podcast, I, I, it's going to be for maybe 30, 40, 45 minutes, but I've blocked a good 90 minutes for this because I don't want to rush into the session. Knowing, because I know that if I just have 45 minutes blocked in for the 45 minute session, I'm always going to be thinking of the next task that's at hand. Right. So I'm going to be thinking of what am I going to do next? So if it's 30 minutes, I'm going to be like, okay, my client is going to call me in the next 15 minutes. What do I do? So what happens is I'm disconnected. So even though I'm working for 90 minutes, I'm disconnected in the conversation and that does not bring the A game on. Right. So one is the time that you spend, but the question comes down to how focused you are in the time that you spend point two. And the third one comes down to in that one hour, let's say you just spend one hour. How do you get to work? That's equivalent to four or five hours where you get into extreme deep focus states, extreme flow states. Uh, and how do you get so much more work done in the same amount of time? And now that is just not a factor of spending time or focus. If you ask me, that's a factor of your physiology. That's a factor of your body. That's a factor of your mental state. That's a factor of clarity, knowing what you're doing. That's a factor of decluttering and not having random thoughts in your mind. That's a flat factor of knowing exactly what you have planned in your day. It's a factor of a lot of things. It's a factor of your mind. It's a factor of your body. It's a factor of your schedule. It's a factor of the work that you're doing. It's the factor of passion. It's a factor of motivation. It's a factor of what influences you. It's a factor of your environment. So aligning all of these factors to make sure that one hour is equivalent to five, six or 10 hours. That's the game that I try to play. Wow. That's crazy. The one hour of game is something uh, in one hour. I'm putting effort of five, six hours and it requires a focus and yeah, yeah. still in as a human, we have a lot of different, different thoughts in our mind. Right. You understand Hindi, right? Yeah, I try to do everything. So the point is how we can be that much focused enough that in one hour, I can put the effort of four to five hours. It's like a distraction world, we can say. Like, okay, I can scroll to my Instagram read. Somebody is messaging me on the messenger or WhatsApp. On so, how we can develop that kind of focus so we can put the deep work? Right. So that's that's the thing, right? So uh, that, that's 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 what I help people with primarily. <laughs> but if I have to just quickly summarize based on your question, uh, it's first about looking at what are the elements that is distracting. Now, when a lot of people think of distraction, the first thought that comes to their mind is social media. But I think Nirayal in his book, Indistractable, it's somewhere here in the behind. Oh yeah, it's there. In his book, Indistractable, he says that it's not a distraction until and unless you know what it is distracting you from. 
a lot of people say i'm distracted by social media or i'm distracted by my phone but think about this for a minute nilesh i'm sure you've had days where you didn't touch your phone or hours where you didn't touch your phone where you were extremely focused on your work i'm sure you've had those days yes or no and there are days where you just kept scrolling on social media and you're like shit aaj pura din khatam right so on the days you did not touch your phone you knew exactly what you wanted to do you knew exactly why you were doing it you knew what was the outcome of it you knew what were the consequences of it yeah. so you knew that if you pick up the phone that it's taking you away from the reward or it's taking you towards the consequence of not doing it but on the days you were just endlessly scrolling on social media you didn't have an intention you didn't know what you were working towards you just said that i want to get some work done today that's perhaps even if you planned it that's how your calendar looked like i want to get some work done today without defining what that work is when you define if you don't define what that work is you don't know what is the cost of not doing it or you don't know what is the reward of doing it when such situations exist in a very uh, you know in very simple terms when such situation exists then you are very easily distracted because you don't even know what is happening right you don't even know what is it that you're aspiring towards so to put yourself in peak performance states you need to create the right environment for example if i am going to be in a flow state if i'm going to go into deep work my primary criteria becomes that my phone is parked in the other room my primary criteria becomes that i go into dnd mode Irres- so i get missed calls all missed call- all calls get disconnected on a single ring right so all of these features are there in everybody's phones it's about you consciously making taking these steps in order to put yourself in the right environment where nobody can disturb you so external triggers are taken away now this next one comes to internal triggers internal triggers of uh, boredom internal triggers of stress internal triggers of anxiety internal triggers of shit i'm stuck most of these times these are the points where you open your phone open your social media now external triggers are parked outside now you are sit you are sitting with internal triggers you need to first identify what your internal triggers are and then sequentially learn how to manage each of these internal triggers right identify the actions that you take towards each of these internal triggers and then slowly start eliminating each one of them before and before you know it i think you put yourself in pretty powerful states that you can really do a lot of stuff in mm-hmm. yes true and uh, sometimes i also do not 100 all the time but sometimes i put my phone in another room and then I, when i put my effort in my work in my whatever things i am doing i'm getting a great result so that's the yeah, really so i have work slots i have work slots like for example today's if i have to take today's work slot today the first work slot was from 7 to 10 in the morning now uh, then 10 is where i sat for breakfast 11 9 you this so 11 to uh, 130 i have not blocked anything here 130 to 3 is my next 130 to 4 is my next work slot 5 to 7 is the next work slot for the day and today since i'm not keeping well i had don't have my tennis sessions i don't have my workout sessions but otherwise everything is very clearly mapped out in the calendar and any work session my phone is always on dnd you cannot reach out to me no matter what happens there are only two contacts that are off dnd and those two contacts they know that i this is my schedule and they only call me during emergencies and they know that that's when i want to be there for them right so yeah loved it loved it so um i know your uh, journey and uh, there was a time in your journey when you have a very hard time to buy a breakfast for yourself for your family so coming from that situation to here what was the one biggest learning you had in your life and uh, how did you uh, work in that time when you are in very down phase in your life how did you motivate yourself in that time when you are in down i feel 
I feel that's that's a fairly easy question to answer for me. I'll answer that. But I feel uh, since you asked, what is the big lesson? The big lesson for me did not come so much in that time. The big lesson for me came in after I started making good money. And the lesson for me was don't get complacent. Because when I started making good amount of money, I became very easy going in life. And I'm just talking about recent times, you know, recent times I became very easy going in life. And that backfires, that backfires, it's not a good place to be in. So that a very important lesson didn't come in there so much, but maybe I'm sure lessons were there back then also. But I'm talking about like the most important factor or a lesson for me at this point has been don't become complacent. Don't always have a vision to aspire towards, always have a vision to go to the next level. Because for me at that point, when uh, when you don't have money to buy breakfast, the your immediate goal is just survival. And anything about that, it's like cherry on the cake. And for me, after a point, there were just cherries. I'm like, fuck, this is life. This is nice. Right. And at that point, I I experienced that a good, you know, good amount of that for a good amount of time, post which I got complacent. So I used to do sessions every week. I went from every week to twice a week. Not twice a week. So every week to twice a month. Right. Then from twice a month to once a month. So started becoming more and more and more and more complacent. And here's the thing, the question comes down to, are you going to be working for the rest of your life? The answer is no. But what happens is when you prioritize freedom way too much, because we've been sold this thought of freedom too much, if you ask me, and when you prioritize freedom way too much, I somewhere kept feeling that if I'm doing this amount of work, where is my freedom? So that's why I stopped. I started cutting down work without thinking of building it as a business without realizing that when I cut down on work, I'm actually saying goodbye to money as well. Right. So I didn't think that, okay, I need to cut down on work by putting in systems. That's not how I thought. Now I think of it that way, but that, that, you know, then I didn't think of it that way. I cut down on hours thinking I need more, I need more freedom. So I started cutting down on stuff and then, uh, that, that was a very important lesson. Now coming back to your point on how did I get through that point? Uh, honest answer is I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything to look forward to. I didn't have anything to, uh, vouch for, I didn't have anything to support me and all my friends were on the next level somewhere. I felt horrible in life. And the, I think the very strong need to get out of that. There's a point, there's a point beyond which you can no longer take it. Uh, and one of the two things can happen. Either you crash when you no longer can take it or the other thing that happens is bounce. Uh, luckily for me, the other thing that happened was I bounced up. I didn't crash uh, because, and when I say luckily, one one factor is, yeah, one factor is the fact that I've gone through so much pain before that, actual physical pain before that, that, uh, that I had references in my mind of what I've gone through. So I had a point of reference saying, okay, Swastik, if you can survive that, you can survive this. So there was a point of reference in my life, Ushar. Uh, but then I really, really wanted to get out of that situation really bad. And that, that's the primary reason when you have such a strong drive where things kept failing, I kept pushing. I felt like shit. I kept pushing. But where, ah, one more important factor through the entire journey, which I forgot to mention, is my partner, Ramya. If she was not there in the journey, honest to God, this would not have happened today. It does not happen. So a lot of people, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that I'm the co-founder of it of the company because I am, I am not, I'm on the interviews. I'm on the ads. I'm on the sessions. Uh, I'm on the, uh, I'm the face of the brand. But what happens is one person that people don't see is Ramya. She is the backbone of the entire system. She drives the entire game. 
and yeah that she she's one of the primary reasons to for me to get to the other level so yeah if i have to talk about lucky finding her and uh, you know being her being there in my life that's a very lucky factor for me yeah that's lovely amazing so you helped around 12 more than 12000 business owners definitely you see lots of challenges in their businesses mm-hmm. what is the one common challenge you figure out and you find or even three if you can go for is uh, you find out and what was that three challenges uh not i'm not going to go with the uh, priority or the order mm-hmm. of it yes, all yes. of them are equally important i would say i wouldn't say the first and the most important one no uh, one of the things that i see is p- business owners lack focus on what brings in money and what takes money so they equate all activities not realizing that not all activities are equal and a lot of people tell me swastik i work for 5 hours a day 10 hours a day and the question comes down to what are you working on for those 5 hours a day that makes a lot of difference so not clearly establishing money making activities and non money making activities in their business i call them mmas money making activities that's one of the first reasons one of the main reasons why uh businesses don't go to the level that they have to go to point 1 point 2 i would say is that when they when they are not good at something when they are not good at something they look to outsource it which is a good which is a good trait to have for sure there's no i'm not denying that at all it's a great trait to have but having no knowledge about that itself for example if i have to outsource facebook advertising and if i have zero knowledge about facebook advertising whatever the advertiser tells me becomes the truth of my life right and that becomes a very big challenge so whenever you outsource something you having zero knowledge and making that person the prime uh, focus of that part of your business now what happens is this person is holding you by the collar and this person is running your business and that i see this happening especially with marketing and advertising a lot of people tell me swastik my advertisers are this my marketing team is this now my marketing team is that now the thing is it's like you hiring your you are hiring a driver but if you don't tell if you don't tell the driver where to go this driver will go wherever right you still have to be the guiding force that's giving a destination or a direction and you should know what is the direction that you should take these people on so the people that you hire you need to know that and the third very 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 important thing yes so i'm going to tell i initially told that it's not the most important thing but yeah i think this is the most important thing uh is managing their emotions managing their emotions uh people don't realize that most of their life almost all decisions that they take is run by emotions now if these emotions are being managed by you fantastic if these emotions are randomly popping up and decisions are randomly happening that's where the challenge is everything everything the reason you start a business is because you get excited the reason you stop ads is because you have fear the reason you hire somebody is because you have some dream or it makes you hopeful the reason you fire somebody is because it pisses you off so every action that you take is an emotion and if you ask me the your emotions are a connection between your mind and body emotions are the bridge between your mind and body which means the actions that if your body takes action and your mind creates that thought the feeling is the bridge between the thought and the action and managing your emotions becomes one of the prime activity or the prime aspect 
of a business owner and if they're not able to do that efficiently then the whole game goes for a toss irrespective of what strategies you have in life you might have the best strategies crafted by the best consultants by the best experts and mentors in the world if you're not able to consciously manage your emotions everything goes on the window so yeah three things so when it comes to like i got two more questions uh, like yeah, first please. money making activity so can you mm-hmm. give pointers of what kind of money making activities that you are uh, focusing on and uh, second one is how we can control our emotion like just by doing meditation or is there any other ways to control the emotions so for the coming to your first uh, in fact let's do the second question first because it's in yeah. context to what you're speaking right mm. now how do you control your emotions now uh, i don't know if you can control your emotions but you can manage your emotions so because see here's the thing now let's say nilesh if i come and start yelling at you right now we are in the middle of the podcast you're recording this and now i let's assume i start abusing you you have no control over what i do right you have no control the most you can do is you can shut the show and if now uh, people are not watching this live people are going to be watching this later what you can do is you can edit those parts or not put up this podcast so many things can happen later but right now you have no control over what i say i can still go ahead and go crazy on you so controlling trying to control emotion somewhere becomes futile because you will have to control a lot of elements in your life which you cannot which you cannot you have no control over the external situations in your life right now but managing your emotions managing your emotions would be like i said you can either choose to mute me you can either choose to stop me you can either choose to cut the call so all of this becomes ways of management right now how do you do this how do you do this is between when a thought occurs or when an event occurs to your response if you are able to pause if you are able to pause that's where you are able to respond as opposed to react that pause is the time that you take to manage and say okay this is how i'm going to do stuff right one one part is the pause but that's one since you asked how what are the different ways one is to pause and this pause is what comes by silencing yourself by you know looking at your thoughts by meditating by being more mindful you are able to expand on the pause and the the larger the pause you are able to better uh, con- you know manage your emotions point one point two would be on a daily basis you experience emotions you know let's say as a consultant as a coach as an online business owner the minute facebook starts going crazy your emotions go crazy with along with the cpl along with the cpa even your emotions are going up and down exactly like that <laughs> so knowing the trigger points knowing the trigger points like how we discussed about distraction knowing the points of trigger and it's not very difficult to find out the point of triggers if you just look at your day you know everybody who's listening to this if you just take a minute if you pause the video right now and if you just look at your day and look at the emotions that you had you'll be able to very clearly identify what triggered that emotion both good and bad i'm not just talking about bad emotions i'm talking about good emotions as well you'll be very clearly able to identify okay this is what made me feel good this is what made me feel bad and if i ask you to go back to yesterday you'll see that a lot of things that happened yesterday also happened today so a lot of emotions that happened yesterday also happened today so a lot of these emotions that you keep experiencing over and over again it's very easy for you to notice if you take some time to notice it so the first for the first factor is to become aware of what triggers you what triggers your emotions and once you become aware of it you consciously creating circumstances or situations to mitigate that emotion that you are not happy with or enhance the emotion that you are happy with that's where you design your life 
in a way that you experience the emotions that you want to experience. And Tony Robbins says this beautiful thing. He says that all of us are so focused on the house that we buy or the house that we live in, in decorating the house. But you forget your most important one place that you live in for most of your life is inside here. So your emotional home is one place that you need to beautify, if anything. So if you if you spend a lot of time cleaning your house, spend some time you know cleaning your emotional home as well because that you spend more time there than anything else. So it's all a factor of spending some time realizing what triggers you, what does not trigger you, what makes you happy, enhancing that, and what triggers you makes you unhappy, mitigating that. Yeah. That's really great thing you point out, and specifically the Tony Robbins example is like cleaning our house. on daily basis but cleaning cleaning our mind cleaning our thoughts is also like i have one performance uh, one to one performance mas- uh, coach also teach me this one thing only ki put pull out all the garbage from your mind remove all the garbage garbage from your mind otherwise it smell like crazy that's really oh, yeah. it is it is <laughs> thank you thank and you for your first question in yeah. coming to your first question that you had what are the money making activities in your business right now the money making activities in a business would be uh, very clearly you know very easily simplified it's a no brainer anything that brings money would be a money making activity anything that takes away money is a non money making activity now here's the thing you bringing you bringing in money sales now when i give this definition sales on the forefront becomes a money making activity and if you if you are also going to have this argument that in this definition swastik marketing becomes a non money making activity right so uh, let me you know clarify that also a little sales anything in the context of sales and marketing anything in the context of sales and marketing i want you to classify that into one aspect and look at that as money making activity but one more money taking activity that a lot of people continuously indulge in without optimizing it and systemizing it is operations people assume that once they sell it's done no once they sell something that's where they have to spend money to make sure that the customer is happy and fulfilled and that's where operations come in and that takes money that takes a lot of money for you to do it right right initially at least it's going to take you a lot of money and then the objective is to make sure that the cost that you you know spend on operations you bring it down without mitigating the quality of your delivery right so anything to do with sales and marketing and anything to do for me in my context uh, me growing my skill set me growing my uh intellect me uh growing my knowledge base all that also i would consider a money making activity although i have not been able to directly correlate an roi on it i can't say that i read a book and i'm going to make 10 times what i bought paid for that book even though i can't do that math i don't know if anybody has been able to do that but for me reading and studying learning is a money making activity if again there is a very big if to it if i'm acting on what i've read otherwise reading learning and any form of knowledge consumption if you ask me is a drug it which becomes an addiction in your life you just keep feeling good and good and good that you're re- reading learning and you, you something new is coming up in your life it just becomes a factor of novelty and if anything it just takes away money so reading learning and knowledge is a money making activity if you are taking action otherwise it's a non money making activity so yeah sales marketing and learning if you're taking action and the non money making activities are the hundred other things that you do in business now it's in, in, definitely important for you to do them provided you know that you are able to balance these two things out yeah amazing 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 thank you for giving this perspective and definitely 
just learning does not give you the end result you have to implement this thing at the same time otherwise just a good what i got from you like learning is becoming a drug addictive addiction yeah it is it's a drug it's a drug i have personally experienced it that's how i know it yes so uh, uh right now we are already having everything like you are successful in your business are you feeling low in sometimes even after having all the achievements that you have are you feeling low at some point of time? for sure that's 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 i think one of the first things that i told you know the lessons part i've learned more after growth happened as opposed to before that happened and that's where i became complacent and on a daily basis i wouldn't feel all that good i'm i was i'm like why am i not feeling good i didn't ask my so the question of why am i not feeling good didn't come in uh, you know at that point after a few days it came in why am i not feeling good and then i realized that lost interest i realized that i didn't feel like doing what i was doing i felt i realized that uh, i didn't feel good about myself i again the comparison started that okay now i am at let's say 15 and i'll uh, what about people at 20 what about when do i get to 25 what if i never get to 30 that's that's a factor uh, that that happens and uh, the thing is i've asked a lot of people at different levels and one realization that i've had is they also feel that way and uh, somewhere it's a validation that you're a human being and knowing that you are going to experience these things and that doesn't change it doesn't change when at least at this stage i can tell you that at the stage that i'm in it's about 1% of what i imagine and everybody's case is that you know even a person that you see as a 100 you go ask them this person they'll be like i'm at 5 or 10% of what i want to do in life uh i feel that there's so much more to do i don't know if i'll ever be able to get to where i want to get to i don't know if half my uh, dreams are going to remain dreams i felt that in 2019 i felt that in 2020 felt that in 21 felt that in 22 i continue to feel that in 23 uh, but one thing that i've learned to do is be more present uh, look at what i want at this point work towards it and when i'm working towards it go all into working towards it and i've started feeling feeling good about the work that i do i started feeling good about the boring work that i do i started having fun with the boring work that i do which has been nice and so these shifts have helped me a lot at this point yeah. having fun with what we do is something uh very interesting because sometime doing the same thing again and again like i am doing workshops i am doing interviews sometime we feel like to be bored like i am doing this always all the time but yeah. when yeah. we put the fun in the stuff like i am enjoying what i am doing i love what i am yeah. doing that's where we are winning the game i love this yeah, and becoming more intentional becoming more intentional like you know today when i opened my calendar it said there's a podcast with nilesh and i went into the description i do this every morning where i set intentions for the thing and it's there in my calendar i've written two words what are the intentions for the podcast two words one is be honest second one is have fun so these are the two words that i've written and when it comes in now i know that okay i'm entering this conversation i have to enter this with honesty if i don't know something i don't know something if i know something i'm going to say what i know and second one is have fun because well you're going to meet a new person and you're going to spend 40 45 minutes with them have fun <laughs> And I hope you had a fun from last forty minutes. Oh, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, we are about to end this session, and uh, before we ending, what is the thing that you like out of the business, not in the business? Any like still in the music or practice the music or something else? 
Uh, uh, I want to get back to music because Ramya, she's my partner. She's a partner in business. She's a partner in life. She's a playback singer. She sings for movies, and uh, she's a musician. And looking at her, there are times where I have this FOMO of wanting to get back into music, which I might consider in like you know in the next few months. But right now, one thing that I love, absolutely love, is watching movies, and I love watching movies. A lot of people ask me, Swasti, what are the most uh, educational movies, or what are the most valuable movies that you've seen that has changed your life? Honestly, I don't watch movies to uh, change my life. I watch movies because I love watching movies. Uh, Ramya and I pretty much watch every movie in the theater. When we say every movie, we mean almost every every movie. So if Book My Show shows a rating of eight or above, and it's in the genre that we like, we watch it and we watch it only in the theaters. I cannot watch. I can never watch a movie on the TV or the computer anywhere else. I can only watch movies in theaters. But I love watching movies. Yeah, you know, day for yesterday, I went and watched Three Idiots. The day before that, I went and watched Munna Bhai, both in the theaters because it re-released in Bangalore, and I love doing that. Yeah. And any favorite movie of yours? Oh, I I love Three Idiots. I love Three Idiots. I I just love that movie. It's just it's something you know. Since you asked on the top of my head, I and I watched it day before yesterday. <laughs> so. Loved it. Yeah, actually, I watched Three Idiots. Everybody was like, everybody is a fan of Three Idiots, and we got a lot of. Ideas that I can do anything in life. All is well. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More, more. I think that somewhere, I don't know, maybe it's also had an influence in my life also. For all you know, mm-hmm. because it came in 2009, I guess. 2009 and a lot of things are different since 2009 to today in my life. So I'm sure that has had a lot of impact considering how many times I've watched the movie and uh, considering I get emotional every time I watch the movie. So, yeah. Love it. I think I can also rewatch after you, as you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So thank you so much, Vastik, for being here and sharing a lot of insights, nuggets from your life, from the journey that you explore in this last um, seven eight years. Thank you so much once again for sharing a lot of insights. And uh, everybody, I hope you got a lot of insights, nuggets. So Swastik, if people wants to connect with you, where they can find you. on my instagram swastiknandakumar that's that's the place that they can find me uh, yeah that's where i love that's that's where i'm actually a little more available than other platforms i actually respond to a lot of messages myself so on my instagram but before before all of that i'd like to you know uh, point out to nilesh for doing such a phenomenal job so all of you who uh, are considering you know what you want to do in life be more like nilesh that's that's what i would say <laughs> thank you so much brother thanks a lot appreciate you for that So love the all. persistence. Honestly, I really, really, honestly love the persistence and the because here's the thing, Nilesh, for to for me to be here today, Nilesh has been very persistent in following up with my team, in following up with me, in being connected over email, in being connected over Instagram, and we, uh, you know, after the first set of follow up, we booked a slot, and that slot did not happen uh, because I had a family emergency. Then he again made sure that he re followed up, restructured. rebooked the call to a point where my team was behind my life saying swastik i have to respond to nilesh it's not nice and then they got a date out of me and then uh, nilesh followed up again on instagram again today morning again yesterday again today morning and so even though i was not keeping well today it didn't it just, i just didn't feel like canceling the session uh, merely because of the amount of effort that he's put into making something like this happen and he's done this to such phenomenal entrepreneurs and uh, all of them are in the show and the the reason that i said be more like nilesh is not a joke what i mean is if you really want to be successful in life the perseverance the persistence and the quality of you believing in what you stand for 
and not thinking about what will this other person think you know nilesh didn't so much care of his image in front of me or anybody else for that matter he just persistently followed up because he has a message to bring out to the world and he wants to make sure that he brings in the right set of people to bring in that message and he's going to do whatever it takes to bring that message in that quality is absolutely gold and nilesh that's going to take you to the next level man looking you know pretty cool good stuff really, really appreciate you for your kind words really appreciate you thank you so much because the one point is um, a bit i can say that the one point is i want to give more as i know and how i can give more by bringing expert like you so that's the point and i am doing this thank you so much but uh, from the bottom of my heart for being here and thank you so much everybody for watching and listening and share your one big takeaway and as in the interview we discussed don't just learn implement what you learned so mention what is the one action you are going to take from this one interview what is the one step you are going to take that can help you to uh, move to the next step in your journey so till then bye bye have a great day thanks a lot 